Sorry, we're closed. All right, another episode. Welcome back. Sorry, we're closed. Um, another day, another dollar, another week, and we're right into it. Uh, last week we talked about uh, is TikTok going to die because of the YouTube Shorts and so on, and we were just in the kitchen talking about what I would consider probably my first ever viral YouTube Short. Do you think we're at sixty-two thousand views, Sean? Is sixty-two thousand viral? Well, no, I don't think 62,000 is viral, but Mm -hmm. I think that the speed at which it's currently growing is viral-esque. Yes, and I would agree with that. I remember when I did a a deal, uh, I guess a year or two ago now with that liquor company, uh, the the benchmark we used for viral was 250,000 views. Isn't it crazy? Like, think about that. Yeah. There are, like, I mean, I don't know how quickly it's going. Like, check right now. Can you check? Check how many it's got. So Patrick comes out into the kitchen uh, a couple, you know, uh, 20 minutes ago, and he's like, yeah, it's at 18,000. He goes back, he checks, it's at 68,000 or something like that. Where are we at now? We're we're just over 62,000. So, I I mean, I checked four seconds ago. but <laughs> Okay, so, like, uh, we're saying, like, it, yeah. But what, what's, like, wild to me right now, and I'm like, and this is what I think like when I get when I get views like this on my on my TikToks or something. I'm like, there's that many people out there consuming this content. Like, is it, I find it mind blowing how many people like that's so many people. Like you, I hear uh, Gary V talk about this a lot, where he's like, the world is abundant. There's abundance. There's enough for everybody. Like anybody, there's just so much out there. And when you see stuff like that, it's you, you can't help but think like holy crap like there are there are so many people out there consuming i mean just youtube shorts right now that's yeah. that's insane to me that's so many people the thing that people have said to me in the past that i thought is very intriguing in the sense that um that it's not something people like actually consider about their following and it's when you when you put things in perspective of stadiums you could sell out mm, yeah. with the amount of people you have in your following. Uh, and right now, let's say on TikTok, um, I think I'm just shy, and I'll take a quick look here. You're closing in on Mountaineer Field. I am. I'm just shy if I remember correctly. I don't want the Wall Street Journal right now. Um, I'm at 54.7 thousand. So, you know, if all of my fans decided to show up for me one day at Fenway Park, there'd be like 15,000 people that didn't make it in. How many bots would show up? Like robots? Like, I follow Pat Light. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully not many, but as we've seen in the past, uh, a plethora of bots would be showing up. But I, I think that's something that when you talk about, you know, it is abundant. Uh, as our sister, as who listens to this religiously as well, oh, is probably as she's listening to this right now. Have, she probably lit her abundance candle. Uh, she's big. She's a big manifest. She is a big manifester, actually. She which I ironically have like a ridiculous amount of literal neuroscience that backs up manifestation, which is absurd. 
Why don't you dive into that a little bit? Go into the basics, so because I'm a basic person, I'm not going to know all the all the. the all right, so if you're like it. manifesting, uh, if you guys don't know, it's literally like, like I want a Lamborghini, I want a Lamborghini, I'm driving my Lamborghini, I am, my hair is blowing in the wind as I drive my Lamborghini. It feels so good. I have a Lamborghini, I have a Lamborghini, and then you have a Lamborghini, right? Like then you like get a Lamborghini. It's basically like, it's like advanced wishing, uh, and. You know that guy. This was actually pretty interesting. You know that guy who who does the uh, that makes no f- sense. You know that guy. Great. We ended the podcast with him last time. Yeah, it was great, great uh, skit. But that's probably our 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 uh, copyright claim. Oh, I bet it is. That's a good. I bet call. you that's our copyright claim. I bet it is. And to continue though. So in that skit, he says, like, we're made of molecules. I'm made of molecules. You're made of molecules. This stool is made of molecules. Uh, and, you know, as I stand here, the molecules from the, uh, from the stool, some of their molecules will come over and join me, and some of my molecules will go over and join him. They actually have, like, like data and research that suggests, like, if you – Look at like you have like a pen on your desk there or something like that. Uh, uh yes, I do. Okay, so if you look and focus on that pen, uh, there is research that proves that there's like electrons or some molecules. I don't know exactly the molecules, but like some of your molecules will go light up like that, like the you know the makeup of that pen. Uh, but when you turn away, those disappear. So basically what they're saying is that like your attention and your thoughts can command the external matter that exists in the world. Uh, and if you actually like the, the big thing with manifestation, if you really dive into it, is you have to actually generate the emotion inside of your body. Like you have to actually feel it. So it would be like, like how would you and we'll ask you, Pedro, how would you feel if you were driving Oh, whatever. I know you've you've got a you've got a couple different options here. Would you rather drive a Bentley, uh, be driven around in a Rolls Royce? If if you had your way, how would you feel? Like, what's the emotion that you feel? You know, it, it, it obviously happy comes to mind, but the the real one that comes to mind is like almost like powerful. Yeah. Like I I am I am like somebody of note. Yeah. So basically what the what they say is like you have to put you have to be able to generate that emotion ahead of the event. Uh, and when you generate the emotion ahead of the event, you command matter through these like through these like molecules and stuff and you actually attract like you attract what you're feeling. Uh, so you start attracting the things that make you feel that way. All of these uh, like you hear it from like just successful people, they always t- say like you have to become the person ahead of the event. Like you have to be the rich person before you get rich. You have to act that way, and then the riches follow. But the scientists will show you that when like magnetically, like you can like you like people who have like magnetism. I was talking to my my friend Brett. Uh, Brett is an assistant coach for Inner Miami CF. Which I thought it was FC, but it's CF. Uh, and he talks about how David Beckham, when he like walks into practice, it like punches you in the gut because you feel that. And I, you know, like my, based on my understanding of everything, it's like this neuroscience, the way you think uh, and how you feel is commanding matter towards you. Uh, and I know it sounds a little foo-foo, but there is, I mean, there is some real good research and data 
behind like really compelling stuff. If you if you're interested, you got to read uh, books by a guy named Joe Dispenza. Really interesting. So it is interesting because when we talk about uh, my restaurant, my hospitality restaurant group, um, and what I've tried to command from my staff. You know, when I first started owning restaurants and bars. You know, I was the fun, you know, 28-year-olds, I think, 27-year-old, however old I was. Fun 27, 28-year-old who um, now, you know, made some money in baseball, invested it uh, in some restaurants and bars, and, you know, likes to go get drunk and have fun, and I like, I own this place, you know, blah, 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 right? And recently, with some of my transgressions, I have tried to steer away from that mantra, that, that, not the mantra or motto, but the way I'm perceived uh, and the way I'm viewed in these places. You know, when I'm, I, I, I do believe that I am a, a fairly intelligent person as far as the restaurant business and how I, I still change things constantly because uh, we just actually just talked about a change in valuations and how I'm valuating restaurants uh, in the coming, coming months and years. And, and so it's ever-changing, but... You know, when I when I go into these places, what I've tried to address is I still like going out. I still like going out and having fun and drinking, and and sometimes you know having no eyes in you, maybe having a few one too many, two too many. Even you know you've seen the worst of me. Maybe have forty three too many. You know, you know I like to go do that stuff. It's fun. It's, I enjoy it. I really like you know ha- like going out with my fr- our friends B Ra, and you know going out there. B Ra B and B Ra. B Ra B and B Ra is wild card. But going out and, and going out to the city and you know getting drunk and stupid and, and, and then going home and not worrying about it. I used to do that at my bar a lot, my own bars. And what I what I realized is that I'd have these this anxiety the next morning and I'd have these these thoughts of like, oh fuck, you know, they're my they're my that's my staff. They're seeing me look, act like an idiot. How do they respect me? Like blah 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 blah, right? And I realized that I absolutely loved as I transitioned away from that that thought process because I had a I had a in McSwilbo's as as some of the people here listening wouldn't understand it as but McSwiggins the the third bar that I purchased I had a little bit of an older partner he's in his mid forties a really good guy old school guy and I don't agree with everything the way he the way he does things but one thing I really liked and agreed with and I've I've tried to 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 put this into my own life was. Doing these th- those things, those fun things you like to do, like don't take them out of your life just because. Let's be serious now. <laughs> it, it's let's go. Just go do them somewhere else. Enjoy your life. Do what you need to do, but don't do it at your place of work. And when I started doing that and started doing it more, uh, obviously uh, the way I've dressed has changed because I'm, tr- I'm trying to elevate who I'm speaking to and getting big time, bigger investors and all of that good stuff. Um, the perception of me at these places has has changed. And I can feel it. It's almost palpable, as you kind of just spoke to. When I when I do walk into some of these bars that I own now, you know, and it's not just how I'm dressed or anything like that. But when I do, it's oh Pat's here. You know, oh, why is Pat here? And you know, when I when I go up to the bar, it's it's because now instead of being drunk Pat, it's when I go up to the bar, the eye the bartender's eyes are on me almost all the time. So when I'm there, when I when I start walking to the bar, there's a drink almost immediately for me, um, and it, it wasn't always like that. And I've really enjoyed that. That that's I you know goes back to the powerful and things like that. But like I really enjoyed that perception of me, and it's similar to like you know what I'm trying to go for. I love that David Beckham thing. Is like when he walks in, it's like a punch in the gut. Everyone feels it. Yeah. That he's here right now. 
And I don't want people to be afraid of me by any means. I don't really care about that. But like, it, it's more so of uh, uber respect for this type of person and the, what he's done in his life. Uh, I, I love that. I love that thought process. And I'm sure it was similar when people, you know, we want to relate it to sports even more. I'm sure it was similar for like young guys when, when Derek Jeter would walk in the clubhouse, you know, being like, oh shit, you know, make sure you like, I remember feeling that way with Dustin Pedroia. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dustin everybody Pedroia, knows somebody who has that, who has that, like v- that magnetism, that gravity. I remember working for the Lakers and, we went to play Cleveland. Obviously, I was psyched. Big LeBron fan at the time. Not a big fan anymore, but uh, he, uh, I was, Cleveland's visiting locker room was really small. And I was like, I remember telling Tim, our other strength coach, I was like, hey, Tim, like, I, I just want, I just want to see the king, man. Uh, and uh, like, I was like chilling, like in the, like the, uh, like I was in like the doorway of the, of the uh, like of the locker room and we were like setting up our food for the guys before they came in uh, and the Cavs players they all parked inside of the arena there was like a parking lot inside the arena and they would all walk past our locker room uh, and and go down to theirs and I'm sitting there I'm just like I know he's coming I'm here before I'm here five hours before the game like I know I, he ain't here yet uh, and we're just sitting there and you see like Kevin Love walk by it's like oh shit it's Kevin Love uh, Kyrie you know like, oh Kyrie right and then like I don't know like 30 minutes goes by and the buzz, you just feel it. Like you just hear things. You, you, you're like there's like a little commotion going on down there, and and you're just like, oh my god, I, th- I this has to be him. Like you just feel him coming down the hall, and then he turned the corner, and I was like, holy shit, it's the freaking LeBron James. Uh, and yeah, that's like that. That has been so such an interesting. Like magnetism, having your own like gravitational pull, has been. It's, I've been so fascinated by that, and I've been really intrigued. There's a really good book. If anybody's like really interested in this stuff, it's a great book called "As a Man Thinketh" by James Allen. Uh, it's it's an all time classic, like a like a book that will go to, that does go down in history. Uh, and he talks about like like how you are, what you think about all day long. Uh, it's another book uh, as a speech you can get on YouTube. It's called "The Strangest Secret." Uh, by Earl Nightingale, it's like an hour long, uh, and he talks about like you you are what you think about all day long. It's 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 it really is wild when you start looking at it. It is, and it, the one thing I would I would I would uh, add to that uh, for people at home that that think about this type of stuff. When I was when I was uh, a very I, my entire childhood, uh, you know. Me and my family, as Sean knows all too well, uh, went to church every Saturday or Sunday. One of the two. It didn't matter where we were in the country. didn't matter anything. We were finding a church, and we were attending church. And, and, and keeping the bulletin for, for, for later. Yes, because then my mother could go find, uh, you know, oh, we're in this. Oh, we've been in this area before. I have, like, three bulletins. Let me go to oh, my files. Okay, Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Yes, okay. Yes. Yeah, they they, well, they have yeah they have they have a four thirty here we can make. Oh, they have a four they only have a four fifteen, but it's in Espanol. We'll we'll make it work. We'll make it work. <laughs> yeah, we'll make it work. Uh, so that was our mother. But when we go to so when we would go to church, um, you talk about like elevated wishing. Not this is so much elevated. This is, this is legitimately wishing and praying. But um, I would after communion. If you, for those of you folks that are not Catholic, after communion you go back and you're supposed to say some prayers. So I would always say the Hail Mary and the Our Father, 
and then I would, I would, which sounds like ritualistic. Like it sounds so crazy. <laughs> to um, me. Church, ch- when I, am I, I go to church now. Our Father who art in heaven. There's a guy up there in a <laughs> robe. I'm like, this is this is sus. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, it, it's very sus. But anyway, um, I was at the end. As they say, I, 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 I wish, or I hope, I pray, I make the, the major league base in the big leagues. And then on top of that, when I was used to talk to the gentleman that was the the sports psychologist for Scott Boris and Boris Corp, a guy by the name of Don Carmen. I think he's fantastic. He is the sports psychologist that will that will literally punch you in the gut. Like he is not gonna be there saying, Oh, let's think positively, wah, wah, wah. He's gonna call you out for being a little, you know, female genitalia. And he is going <laughs> and he's going he, he's gonna tell you like it is. But he used to talk about He's like people don't under people very very much so underestimate the power of daydreaming and and making yourself feel as though you just did that. Yeah. And like the excitement around whatever it is you're daydreaming about. He's like people underestimate that and under, don't understand that they can be putting things into motion just by like really really daydreaming about what just happened. It's right. like and he explained it as a a, re- a real dream. Like when you're sleeping, he's like when you when you wake up, like when you didn't realize you were in a dream, and it felt like when you have the dreams where you're falling, mm. and you wake up in bed, you felt like you were falling for a second there yeah. when you were even conscious. He's like your your brain really doesn't know the difference. So if you're constantly really really diving into these daydreams and things like that, where your brain feels as though you're you're doing these things, you will become that person that does these things. Let me ask you this: when yeah. when you post stuff about baseball pitching whatever i threw 100 102 miles an hour what are what do people like what are people like asking you in the comments like i mean i get i get when i post about anything about baseball they're they're asking me how to how like how to make the big leagues how to throw 100 miles an hour how to do all exactly, these exactly exactly and i think this is the great like the, the great like misdirection of life here is because think about this when you we're pitching at your best versus pitching at your worst. So like Pawtucket versus Seattle. Uh, what was the difference? Um, I the, the thing I can always talk about is when I would <laughs> – well, this is just very basic, but – in Pawtucket, I wanted to go to the into the game. In Seattle, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, real. I mean, really and truly, that the only real difference is what's going on up here. It's like what you're thinking about. It's how you feel. Like when you walk out. Like I remember you saying to me one time, it was like you know, out in Pawtucket, you, you the guy, you setup guy comes in before you and he like gives up, like gets two guys on, and you're like, get me in there, I'll bail this dude out, right? Uh, like that versus like you're up there and it's like. Am I closing off my shoulder here? Am I opening it up? I think I'm opening up too early. It's like everybody thinks like this. I really believe this is like the great misdirection of life is everybody is like trying to say like, how do I get there? Like, how do I pitch? How do I approach recruiting or something like that? But that's never how it is. It's who you must become, not how do I do it. So it's like, like how do you feel when you go out on the mound? How like what is like your mindset? Like do you feel confident? Do you have these things? Like and, and obviously like talent is is a is a, is like the number one thing. Like if you don't have talent, forget it. Uh, but like once if that if you meet that prerequisite, like 
it, it doesn't even matter what it is, like business, uh, you know, sports, uh, performing arts, like. Like you, like you see, like I was thinking. About, I was I really actually thinking about this yesterday. You know, like Sebastian Maniscalco, mm-hmm. and you see his like comedy. He's hilarious, dude. But his comedy is like it's like very like physical comedy. Like he gets down and remember the the bit he does about like when somebody pulls into your driveway to turn around and you like everybody gets down and it's like army crawling around. Like I want you to imagine doing that. But not having full confidence in your bit and being like, ah, like I'm nervous up here. I'm rattled about it. Like that's coming off. You got to be full send to do that to do any real comedy. But you have to be full send on, on like going for it on this thing, on this bit, on this like act routine that you're gonna do. Otherwise, we're all gonna we're all gonna we're all gonna find out. And I think I think everybody in the world. I think every all the entrepreneurs. I think all of the investors. I think all of uh, you know the the athletes out there. They're all looking for the mechanics. Like, what drills do I do? How do I do it? But that doesn't matter. It, it, you meet the talent, and it becomes who are you? Who are you when you stand out there? I've always thought that about. I've always been so intrigued about pitching because it's like it's one of the few places in the world where. You can't hide it. We're going to find out real quick how confident you are, how mentally tough you are. Uh, there's just no hiding it. And there's a, sports is like one of those things where we're going to, you can hide it at your nine to five. If you're having a bad day, if you're not confident, if you're, you know, if you're, you're a little depressed, like you can hide it as uh, an accountant. You cannot hide it standing on a baseball mound. I don't care where you are, right? Like, we're going to find out real quick what's going on. And that's what I think. I think everybody's looking for how do I do it when the real answer is who do I become? Yeah. And the, uh, something, I, again, I, I'd like to add to that. When talking about business and, 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 and investing, I remember when I, when I bought my third place, McSwilbo's, and, um, and uh, I, I, t- I'm, I, I took my bank account either close to zero or was at zero. I, and a lot of people think that I'm a uber-wealthy person. I am on a very small, small scale. Not uber-wealthy. People think I'm wealthy. But on a very small scale, I am just like Elon Musk. For like small entrepreneurs, I have a ton of ve- I have a ton of my net worth. Like I'm basically Michael Jordan. All right. <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying though, the the, the thought process is I I'm my, most of my money is is in investments. I don't have I don't have a tremendous amount of cash on me. Like that's just not who, who I have, I, have, I have, well for most people I have a lot of money. But like I'm just most, talking like about 90, what we were hanging out with last night. <laughs> oh, true. Uh, but ninety. 90, I would say, you know, let me actually, you know what, real quick, just for, for the people at home here, I would say I'm, I'm probably worth in that ballpark. And I would say, let's say here, <laughs> I, around 90%, maybe a little more, give or take, is not liquid money for me. So, like, it's not like I'm just sitting on a ton. When it, would like, when, it, when it comes to being successful, and this is what I – when I remember talking to myself because I was really nervous. Well, not really nervous, but at McSwilbo's when I did this, and I took my account to zero. At Green Rock, I took my account to zero. Like, uh, and I went to d- in debt at Green Rock. Like, I remember talking to myself one time, like, doing it, and like, kind of working through it. You, know, you take out the old legal pad, and you go through your finances. You say, well, how am I going to make this – how am I going to connect the dots here until this, this investment starts bringing me in money? And <clears> – <throat> 
the funny thing was, one thing I told myself, and I'll, I'll never forget it, one thing I told myself when I was doing that, and I was like, geez, why am I doing this, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, the difference between yourself and you'll go through one of those long walks around Hoboken. Oh, man. The difference between, deep thinking on those walks. Yeah. And with the difference between myself and uh, and others that you know certainly do you know whatever the nine to fives or whatever type of job you want to do is I'm willing to take my bank account to zero to do something that I think is going to better my life. I I can't say you you probably can't say that for ninety nine percent of the people in the world is that they're willing now and and even let's exclude people with families because they have a, an obligation to others to take sure. care of them sure. so they probably can't do it. But so let's exclude people with families. But single people who just have to worry about themselves for the time being and pay their own bills. 99% of the people there are unwilling, probably, to take their accounts to zero. And we actually just talked about yesterday, Sean, about uh, my, my attorney for this recent deal and how I let him go. Great guy. I'm going to use him for other things. But I fired him for this particular deal. And the reason I got rid of him was because he wasn't what we call a deal maker. Your job as an attorney to me, is to lay out the risks of the things that are being proposed to me, and then I decide if I'm going to go through with those risks. That is my job. That is not your job. So I decided I'm doing it. Stop bringing them up all the time. Like I've, the, we've, we've, okay, this is a risk. Are you willing to do it? Yes, check. We, we, we don't talk about this risk anymore. We're, we're, we've checked it. It's, it's a box, and it's been checked. So these things that – this appetite for risk that I have – uh, is just not there in most people in the world, you know, a large, 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 large majority of the people in the world. And so when I see people, and again, we've talked about this a few times, when I see people like, you know, like Gary, Gary V, and, and some people that, that talk about, there was that one comedian that talked about, he goes, my buddy should not be starting a Pokemon card business. So true, so true. <laughs> and it's just, it's just, you need in this world to do to to gain a, t- a tremendous amount of wealth without inheriting it, excluding those people. You need a large appetite for risk, and, and we talked about in the last pa- last podcast how we how I how I was trying to educate our boy B Rye about debt, and how like he's like, well, when do you think you're gonna get out of debt? I go, I don't, I think I'm going to die with a tremendous amount of debt. <laughs> Like, I'm just going to add more and more and more and more and more debt. And what your hope is the asset that you bought that debt with will, will make more money, considerable more money, than what your, your monthly installment is of debt to the person that you took the debt from. Right. And that's how you create wealth. Like you create wealth on debt. As that, what's that rich, rich Dad Poor Dad guy, he talks Robert about Kiyosaki. how debt is, yeah, he's like, debt is not taxed. Like you get all this money to go buy something. And you didn't have to pay taxes on it. Like it's it's a really kind of a wild thought process, but it's, again, people people I, I, just I, don't do that. I don't. <clears throat> I mean, all that stuff to me, I, I would agree. I think you are. I think you are further than I am on on. I don't know. I think you. I think you assume like different types of risk. But uh, what, what's so interesting to me, I remember like learning about like the S and P five hundred and like how to invest in the stock market and. Uh, so I, I had the great fortune, like really, really lucky to work uh, like as a trainer to a hedge fund CEO in Manhattan. 
uh, and and him and I would just like talk about it and stuff. And I was like, he would like give me some books to read. And I was like, this is incredible. What a masterclass I'm getting here. And it basically was like this. He's like, you want to get rich? And I was like, yep. Uh, and he's like, all you got to do uh, is invest in the stock market, like find the good stocks, find the undervalued ones, like not hard to do. Uh, get, you know, just keep feeding the, you know, the IRA inside of Vanguard. Like John, he's like, Bogle was my boy. Like we, we, you know, we talked about it all the time. And, uh, and uh, he was like, there's only one, there's only one thing that you have to overcome. And I was like, what is it? And he's like, when the market's tanking, he's like, you can't be rattled. Like you just, you just have to, you know, can't like take your money out uh, and you just got to keep investing. You just got to keep doing, just got to keep following. You know, it's going to happen. You've seen the trends, the historic. And he's like, are you, do you think you'd be good with that? I was like, yeah, I don't care at all. Like when that money's in there, I, I forgot. I don't even know. I forget about it. Uh, and he's like, looked at me and, and I was like, what do you mean? I was like, why do I, don't, why do I care? Like I know the deal. And to me, I don't understand that about like how people are like invest in Google uh, and, they're they're rattled when it's down on Thursday. I'm like, yo, guys, what? Like, the only way that would matter is if like you were like massively volatile and you were gonna like try to take it out on Friday. Like, th- what the hell are you? What do you understand this game even a little bit? Uh, and that to me, I don't understand. Like when people are like, I see all the time, like the market's down, the market's down, and like I'm thinking like. I know, like, the cool thing to say is, like, I'm like, yeah, like, I'm going to invest more now. And, like, like yeah, that that's true. But I also am also, like, I don't care because it's going to come back up. This is America. Uh, and we'll be back. Like, I'll see, see, see you then. Uh, and that, I don't understand how people have that mindset. And obviously that, like, leaks into all of these other mindsets that you're talking about. But people just don't want to take risks. They, wanna, they don't want to rock the boat. They just want to enjoy their life and, you know. You know, do it the normal way. Like, save my money in a savings account. I'll buy my Buick LeSabre. Sorry, Dad. Uh, buy my Buick LeSabre. Uh, you know, go to do the thing. Spend vacation. You know, save up for vacation and then go. You know, they, well, that's how they want to do it. Well, I think a really good example uh, for the stock market is during the pandemic, Penn National. Now, Penn National, uh, for those of you who don't know, had, is the parent company now to Barstool Sports. And Penn National had uh, purchased Barstool. And it bought, I think they bought like, four, like 51% of the controlling stake in it. They, they're going to finish that, that purchase in February of this year. But they had purchased the, this stuff. And no one had even heard of Penn National prior to them <coughs> buying Barstool Sports. And everyone jumped on the wave of buying Penn National because they they were like, well, I mean, they own Barstool. I mean, this is everyone knows how good Barstool is. And I'm going to bring up here their stock ticker. Oh, hold on. I want the stock. I don't want. I want. All right. So I remember Penn. Let's actually look at what their, 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 uh, what their like, 52-week high was. Because this is, it's pretty intriguing to see exactly how. Now, the stock market is down uh, over the last however many, um, uh, over the last how many, like, year or so, I'd guess. Um, they were as high, it looks like, ballpark as $80 a share. And I remember telling people, everyone, about, you got to buy pen, you got to buy pen, you got to buy pen. So I was like, okay, okay yeah, I, I like Barstool. I think they're a good company. I think they're, they're well run, blah, 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 blah. Let me go look into it. Barstool had 
push this company up from like let's say ten dollars a share to eighty, and then you look at the correlation between Barstool and how much money it was bringing in, in comparative to the business, it was less than five percent of the company's earnings. So I was like, this this company they just purchased pushed its stock up eight hundred percent, and it only comprised of five percent of its business. I was like, guys, like. I can't get on board with that. That's ro- that's just like GameStop Robinhood investing right there. Yeah, like, like I understand you think it's a good purchase for Penn, all that stuff, and you could if you want to try to make an argument to me, argument to me that they're going to they're go- they're going to be eventually 50, 60, 70 percent of this company's earnings, and it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna go to the moon, right? As the Barcelona people say, or we can have that conversation, but like now it's down to twenty eight dollars a share, hmm. and it's like. Because none of you looked at the business. Like, if you wanted to have an argument like we had last week, Sean, about how they're saying that, like, it's 80%. I'm just making that statistic up. But like, you remember the statistic of, of uh, people, like, young adults are searching things on TikTok rather than Google. If you want to make the argument to me right now about, hey, listen, I, I'm not so sure on Google stock right now. Although it's down a little bit, I'm not so sure I'm buying a, a good value dip <laughs> here on Google because I'm not so sure it's going to be the same company in the next five years because TikTok is making a push for search. I don't know if you've noticed this on TikTok, Sean, but all of your videos now, that all the videos have the search, search bar up top of it. And they actually, on other people's videos, they actually tell you what you would search in order to find this video. And it's a very interesting thing. So now Google, although it controls a lot, and I still Google a ton of things, like, well, now I'm, you know, this is the first time we're sitting here being like, well, wait a minute. Is is Google as indif- is Google as protected? Have such a big moat as yeah, Dad so used to say. say. You want somebody come- crossing the moat? Yeah, somebody is somebody breaching the, the gap here, or, or are they getting in there? And so, okay, all right, now we're having a discussion about the business of Google. But when you come to me and you have Facebook, let's say years ago, I remember telling you this. Facebook had a, had some bad PR for a little bit. It dropped like fifteen twenty percent. The business of Facebook had not changed at that point. They had some bad news where suddenly, yo, something was Happens bad. all the time. But you're telling me the company is worth 20% less than it was two weeks ago? Bullshit. I'm going to go buy Facebook because I know that's not true. Right. You came out and told me that their ad sales, like you told me, uh, what company was hurting Facebook ad sales? Apple. Apple. You, you, now, Sean tells me Apple is really taking a bite out of Facebook's ad sales. Okay, now we're talking about a, a legitimate concern in the, how Facebook makes its money. And now their, their revenue might come down, which makes them a less valuable company. Facebook's in now, real trouble, by the way. <laughs> okay. So now that, is, that makes sense. That You were talking business here. But when you're just telling me the stocks, the stocks are plummeting, everything's going down right now because inflation's higher – now you're just you're saying okay, well you were obviously trying to uh, you were trying to push off inflation and, and raise interest rates, you know, all that good stuff. Spending might not be as high, blah 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 blah. But it, across the board, just being like I'm selling everything because of that, you're selling good companies in there, and it's companies that haven't, from a very basic stance, has not changed, and they might take a little bit of hit here or there. But they haven't changed, and that is a really good good way. Like when you see the stock market plummeting, it's t- go in there and go buy Apple if you think Apple's still still going to be a great company for the next <laughs> however many years. Go buy these things because you're getting them at 40 percent of the value that they were at, and now that thousand dollars that you put into Apple 
might be two thousand in a year. Yeah. And you just double your money in a year. And it, from an investor standpoint, that doesn't sound like a lot of money to a lot of people. A thousand bucks. But from an investor standpoint, restaurants, I'm trying to make my money back in three years. If you make your money back in a year and it's as liquid as the stock market is, that's a huge, huge win for people that they're really not they're, that people just really don't think about. And then on top of that, what I really want to hammer home to people for investors is when I make these big purchases in, in, in investments, whether it's the stock market, whether it's restaurants, so on and so forth, a lot of people feel as though they just spent their money. That money is still with you. You're just it's just in an investment vehicle. That's all it's it. That's all it is. Like you still have your money. So when you say I just put in a thousand dollars into Apple, you see a thousand dollars less in your bank account, you still have a thousand dollars. In fact, tomorrow you might have a thousand five. But you still have that money. So when you're what I really always try to have when I talk to some people, I was like, Oh, what I want you to do instead of looking at your bank account. Go into an Excel spreadsheet and, and put up, a, I have one of these, a net worth Excel spreadsheet. And you, your checking account, savings account is going to be a part of that, but your stocks and all that stuff. And you want to see that number go up. You don't necessarily see your bank account to go up. My bank, If you looked at my Wells Fargo checking account, well, I have to pay taxes right now, so it's high. But it, it, <laughs> typically speaking, it's got like two grand in it. It's not a ton of money. I don't keep a lot of money in there because it's a useless account. It doesn't do anything for me. If you looked at my net worth, it'd be going up every year, or for most years, it goes up. So, it's just it's it, it, people. I, I and again, I'm not here. I, I don't. I think a lot of people are what they are. I don't think that I can change a lot of people, nor do I want to. Uh, I don't really have a ton of interest in in educating people, even though I, I pretty much just did that for the last five minute rant. <laughs> I don't really have a ton of interest in that. You guys do what you want to do, live your life, and I'll do what I want to do and live my life. I don't. I'm not here to tell you what to do with your money in any way. But if you come and ask me for help, I'm going to tell you. Um, and I think I just think people often look at look at things in in the wrong way. Yeah, people are looking for the home run, right? Everybody, it's like it's like in fantasy. The reason we have so few fun. trades get. The way the reason that so few trades uh, get executed is everybody just wants the ripoff trade, right? They want the trade that's going to work. That's why everybody's doing crypto because they think it's they can get rich by next week. Uh, and Warren Buffett, you always the, the the Oracle of Omaha, truly. Uh, I heard somebody saying the other day they were like, like, do you think Warren Buffett is like w- waking up at four a.m. to you know to meditate and you know whatever? Like this guy reads all day, does nothing. Uh, and he just makes investments, and and you know he does it, and and everybody always asks like, Warren, like why why do you think nobody follows your advice? And he's like, well, because nobody wants to get rich slowly, uh, and that was this was actually what we were gonna great quote yeah great quote, and this is what uh, what well, I was we were I thought we were gonna talk about here when we were out in the kitchen is like to me it's like everybody is the same person like like human behavior is the same in every single like it's predictable that's what we were talking about with youtube shorts where it's like the same formula what plays on tiktok is going to play on youtube shorts it's because people are the same the mind is the same we're all predictable uh, and you can always predict that this is how it's going to be and a very small percentage of people are going to do it this way and it's just it's 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 the human race is. And I and that's what I love about and why why I like I like talking about business why we've transitioned this podcast to a business podcast. But before I get into why I like that, we do have advertisements here, <laughs> and we do love our friends over at WinBet. So I want to take care of them. Big actually event this weekend at McSwiggins. Uh, uh, Nick Mangold uh, coming to McSwiggins um, Jets. I, I think he's a Jets Hall of Famer. I don't know yeah. if he's an actual NFL Hall of Famer, uh, but. 
uh, Nick Bangold uh, coming to coming to McSwiggins, having a few drinks with the boys. I'll be there, um, probably trying to take shots with them. You guys know me, but you know, big event for, uh, sponsored by WinBet, which I'm, I'm very appreciative of. But sorry, we're closed. This podcast is brought to you by my friends over at WinBet. WinBet is bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Whether you're a recreational player or a serious handicapper, WinBet is your ticket to every exciting wager. From straight bets to parlays, teasers, and any exotic proposition wager you can dream up. Sign up today and use promo code XSWC1. And after placing your first $100 wager, you will receive $100 to bet with. There is also a $50 casino bonus for those in New Jersey and Michigan as a first-time player. Again, the promo code is XSWC1. There's no better way to enjoy sports than with some extra winnings in your pocket to use for all your favorite bets. Betting is a team sport. Join the WinBet team and bet with the best. Offer subject to change terms and issues at winbet.com. As you're 21 to participate, only available in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. One of the reasons I like um, <clears throat> doing these these podcasts the way we do them now is because we and you have a very diff- uh, unique ways of looking at how we do things. Um, but from a umbrella, an umbrella viewpoint... We pretty much have the same umbrella, uh, with the exception of certain things I, I, I don't always do a great job of. But we pretty much have the same umbrella, and it's how are when are we the most productive, <coughs> and how do we how do we do replicate that on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. Now, take out the considerations for my weekends because often obviously I'm not the most um, productive during that time. But like Sean has 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 messed with his how he get, wakes up in the morning. Since I've known him, it's sometimes it's four thirty. Next times it's seven. Then it's you know this. We're adding this to the routine. Adding this to the routine. Kind of all over the place, but always trying to adjust and get more productive. In a much broader sense, myself, I at one time wanted to do morning workouts, and when I realized I'd wake up at like six in the morning, I would go work out at like six thirty, six forty-five, and what I realized is I was exhausted. <laughs> At like 2 p.m., 1 p.m., and I would have to take a nap all the time, and I hated that. And so this is kind of around similar time where we started waking up with the sun. I loved. I still wake up depending on the time of year because my my window gets sun parts of the year. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, so I would wake up at 6:30. Some parts of the July is like 6:30 August. Then um, in uh, hold on, someone's calling me. And then uh, other parts of the year, seven thirty. This 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 time of year, I think it's like seven forty five ish. But I would always do these types of things because I would want to be productive, and the most productive is sleeping in and making sure I feel awake, yeah. uh, and making sure that is part of my routine. And so, uh, it's always looked at. I've well, not looked at, but the way me and Sean always operate is trying to increase productivity and how we do that uh whether it's you know working out certain ways whether it's eating certain ways whether it's waking up in certain ways it's always trying to adjust and get better at that particular thing and from the neuro neuro, uh, neurological standpoint i like i like talking to you about that because there are actual science behind how people are the most productive and how they feel most productive and you talk about that a lot, so it, it, I always find it interesting to um, kind of dive deeper into the neuroscience. I mean, recently you, what, we, you added a couple things to your uh, routine, Sean. Why don't you go over that? Because I've I've used it myself. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like what I've what I've learned over my 
my entrepreneurial career. It's like there's all this like noise out there, right? The Gary V like hustle culture and stuff. Like you got to grind it out, and there's certainly a time and place for that. <clears throat> but for the most part, like people, it, like b- business, uh, pr- productivity, productivity especially is a physical game. Like the times that that people don't like do their best work the times that people are not productive for the days they're tired they're dragging they're lazy they don't feel like it they're nervous they're doubtful whatever uh and when i started to realize that in my own world i realized that you know having a good business being aggressive with your business is physical in nature uh, i became so in- intertwined with this that my business now is that uh, is we show people how to like how to be high performers uh in the business world and what was so cool about it was that in in basketball and baseball, that's what we did, right? In baseball, played 162 games in a season, and you got to have guys fresh, energized, strong, and ready to go every single day. So I had to have like the science and use the technology that would allow people to allow the baseball guys to every day, like here we go, let's we got to feel good and we got to be ready to go because they're getting paid a lot of money to do this stuff. And the same thing happened in the NBA and in business, like you got to feel good today, tomorrow, next day, day after that, day after that, and it just keeps going. So what we started to do was I started to actually act as if I was an NBA basketball player. Uh, and we created this like little readiness screen that I used to do for the NBA guys, we measure their HRV, measure their RPE, their rate of perceived exhaustion. Uh, and we would measure that in the morning, see where they were at. And then we would that would really dictate how they would go throughout the day. So, for example, today... Now, yesterday was a really hard day for me from a work standpoint. I was like very tedious. Like I had to build a lot of websites and write emails and like all this like automation for an event that I'm going to run in November. It's tough. Went out to dinner afterwards uh, with my girlfriend. We went up to like Nanuit, New York, uh, and it was like an hour away. We got back late, like exhausted. Woke up today feeling it, right? So my RPE was low. My HRV was low. So today, like I didn't work out in the morning. I'm going to do like recovery stuff in the afternoon after my 3 p.m. Uh, interview. Uh, I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to, uh, and then like tomorrow we'll get back into it because I need to like push myself up. I literally thought to myself this morning, I was like, if Julius Randall, when I was with the Lakers came to me and was like, yo, I'm dragging a little bit today. I'm tired. I'm a little sore. Uh, you know, what would I tell him? I would say like, okay, like, well, let's take the day. Let's not be stupid here. Let's not push you further down into the ground, but let's do some active recovery stuff to, to speed up the process. So we wake up. So for me, it's like sleep a little bit later, eat really well, do some nutrition. Uh, there's some like technology that I use, uh, this thing called binaural beats that helps shift the brain waves uh, into more of a recovery standpoint and out of stress. Uh, so we're going to do those things to make sure that I'm recovering and I'm able to perform at a high level every single day. So now instead of instead of like grinding it out in the gym and adding to my stress, I'm going to decrease it. I'm going to do the things the right way. And I'm going to go. So like every single day I behave as if I'm an NBA basketball player, but instead of playing basketball, I run a business. Which I actually just saw, funny enough, this morning I saw a TikTok with Mark Cuban talking about when he bought the Mavericks and stuff like that and how he was like, I can do this better. Yeah. And how he's like, talks about different smells in the, in the locker room, all these different things. And it's, it really is, um, there's so much more out there that people don't realize that can allow them to perform in a better way. And to become more product pr- productive, it's funny. I have I Sean t- turned me on to this um, this uh, ambiance from YouTube, and I I everyone I talk to I tell people to do it. It's a running joke with my people that give me calls because they're like they always hear the hear the smooth jazz. <laughs> yeah. But 
I, when I, like, think about people that go to coffee shops. People are always going to coffee shops to do work. Mm-hmm. And there's got to be something to that, and we've talked about that. But, you know, I do the fall uh, coffee shop ambiance. Uh, and like right now, I have a nice, nice uh, scene up there. I, when I look up there and I'm thinking about something, it's it's jazz. As you know, I can't I can't work to music with uh, with words in it because it distracts me. Same. Uh, so I you know I like, but I can look at this and I can look over here and be like, okay, and I'm thinking about something that's going on and working through that problem, but um, doing it in a way that makes sense. You know, when you're hungover. You know, you're infamous for for like beating the shit out of your your hangover. <laughs> Whereas most people just absolutely cannot get out of bed. No, not happening. So and I've recently done it. I've done very well for the last couple of weeks. I, I made a thing where I, I want to be I want to drink to a point, have a good time, enjoy myself. That's not going away anytime soon. But drink to a certain point where I'm, I'm able to go for a long walk the next day. And be able to do that recovery walk and get through, get and get, go do that. And on, oftentimes, Sean, it's funny, I'll do the recovery walk, I'll come back, have a little something to eat, and I'll want to take a nap. And I'll go take that nap and I'll wake up feeling great. Mm-hmm. And boom, kind of beat the shit out of the hangover. But when you sit there and lay there all day, eat pizza, and, you know, and sometimes it's nice to sit there, eat pizza, and watch a football game and being hungover, but you do those things, and the next day, still kind of lethargic. So kind of feel like shit. And now you've lost two days now. And they, there are just scientific ways to go about these things. And, and, and again, this is why I like speaking with you because there's, there's ways to do these things that are not, you know, taking a vitamin pill. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, is that – what are we doing here? If there was a pill that beat hangovers, it would be the best product in the world, and everyone would fucking use it. Can't get rich fast. You got to go. You no, you can't. can't. It's not, it's not a, there's no easy way. There's, no, there's, there's a way to do it. And it's funny. You see a lot of these TikTokers who actually are you know, um, quite successful in, in, in how they do things. And a lot of them say, oh, yeah, I'm going to give you these ways to be, have quick side hustles that might make you 50 to 100K. But you're not going to do them because it's going to take too much work for you. you it, but eventually, it will be fully a- a- automated. You won't have to do anything. It will do it itself. But you're not going to do the work in the beginning to get there. So you will never do it. And so here it is. But you're not going to do it. And it's, it's true because people want that get-quick-rich scheme, which is why people fall for those, those pyramid schemes. Like one of the best um, office parts of the, that I've, <laughs> he's talking about a pyramid. And then Michaels goes, I have to leave. <laughs> I have to make and a phone call. <laughs> you have to make a phone call. It's, it's hilarious because pe- that's what people want. Yeah. And I get it because I want it too. It's not, it's not realistic, but it, I want it too. I, of course, everyone wants it too. I actually just saw something recently on Bill Gates. Someone talked about how Bill Gates like, didn't even fucking create Microsoft. Yeah, like, we he have went the same and bought TikTok these. <laughs> okay, he made, so he went and bought those patents. Yeah. Yeah, he, he didn't did, even do. He, did, he didn't even yeah, make the he thing. He didn't create it at all, which is is such an intriguing thing. Like a lot of people think, I you know I make Green Rock or I make McSwiggins or Saku or you know the new the two new places. Like, I didn't do anything. Yeah, I just bought the successful business. That's all I did. I let someone else create it. You go do it. I'm gonna offer you money. You're gonna think it's a lot of money, which it is, but I'm gonna make 10x that money over the next 15 years, and. It's way better for me. Like, I'd prefer to do it that way. Um, so, but again, I, that even speaks to a little bit of the get-rich-quick stuff. Is I'll give you a big million-dollar check right now, $2 million check. You get it right now. I'm going to make $20 million on this purchase. Right. 
but you'd rather the two million right now than the twenty million over over ten years. Mind blowing thought process. Yeah, Unless is. you're retiring and you want to move on with your life and you're done, like that's fine, stay off in the sunset. But mind blowing thought press. You'd rather thought process. You'd rather have the two million right now than the twenty million over twenty years or well, ten years. It all comes to it is. I mean, truly, everything comes down to the brain. You get that. You want that dopamine fix right now. You don't like the delayed gratification. The, the sooner people find out, and this is this is as true of a of a law of the universe as there is. The quality of your life is the quality of the emotions you feel every day. Everything comes down to how you feel. We work out not for to be rich. It's to feel good about ourselves. You put the uh, the coffee shop ambiance on because it makes you feel a certain way. I put uh, you know certain lotion on because it smells a certain way. It reminds me of fancy hotels and it reminds me of how I want to feel. I organize my room. When your room and your office is clean, it makes you feel a certain way and it makes you allows you to attack things at a different level. The quality of your life is the quality of the emotions that you have every single day. And the more that you can start changing those, that's when life becomes different. It is always, always, always emotional. And if it's emotional, that means it's physical and you can change it. You can do something about it. And that is what I do for a living. Fantastic. No, no free ads here. Sean pays for that advertisement on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's very true. And what I want to do is uh, next week, as we wrap this up here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give one more ad at the end of this. But next week, what I want to talk about is, is, is snowballing this into just exactly how people talk about how your net worth is your network. Snowballing this type of, you know, this type of feeling and the t- and the also a really good quote misery loves company hmm. this type of feeling and how a network actually does make you a lot of money and how you actually do these things uh by networks not just be like oh my dad's a ceo i'll go get a good job there that's not what network is your net worth type thing that's not what people are mentioning when they talk about that but we'll talk about that next week one last advertisement for our good friends at WinBet. WinBet is bringing the excitement of win las vegas to online sports betting and casino play getting all your favorite teams players and sports from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport they have what you need to win Sign up today and use promo code XSWC1. And after placing your first $100 wager, you'll receive $100 to bet with. There is also a $50 casino bonus in those in New Jersey and Michigan as a first-time player. Again, the promo code is XSWC1. Offer subject to change terms and issues at winbet.com. It's trying to participate. Only available hours in Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Sean, putting any money on uh, on the Bronx Bombers tonight against the Houston Astros? Oh, any money on? Most certainly not. I, I, I think the Astros are significantly better. I thought the Yankees ha- – I thought yesterday was the game for the Yankees to win uh, and actually make a dent. I didn't realize Verlander was pitching, and I also didn't realize he was pitching that well. Uh, no, I, uh, they, I think the Astros are going to win that series. <laughs> okay. All right, so there you have it, folks. Uh, our win bet partners would not be happy Sean's not taking the underdog, <laughs> but uh, – <laughs> Yeah, Brock's Popper's going to uh, t- certainly a tough road ahead, and we it seemed like they have a great series out in San Diego with the Phillies and, and them. So uh, I, I do think uh, the Yankees Astros is a little bit more of a lopsided one, uh, and we'll see who guys. By the way, when we were a sports podcast, uh, we predicted I predicted a Yankees Mets World Series. You predicted Yankees Dodgers. Both of our National League people are out. Uh, we'll see Dodgers Phillies or, or uh, Padres Phillies. My apologies, Padres Phillies. Who decides who ends up going? Um, to the World Series from that group, and then obviously I think everyone kind of thought Houston and, and the Yankees were kind of be in this in this discussion. So th- nothing surprising on the American League. But with that being said, guys, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy um, 
anything you might do this weekend and subscribe to the old YouTube channel. Uh, and uh, yeah, do that because I want you to. So uh, go over and subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, take a listen over there if you want to watch any of the episodes rather than listen to them like, my, like our mother does. But until next time, guys, we will see you later. Sorry, we're closed.